0: Welcome to Parkview at home, everyone. Nine years ago, a man behind a thick glass wall at the American Embassy in Ethiopia looked at my wife and me and said, congratulations, your adoption is full and final. And just like that, we became a multiracial family. We like to think that we had ourselves prepared for some of the unique challenges that we might face, but we had no idea. And honestly, we still don't. I'm gonna be real with you. I've been at a loss for what to say. I'll even take it a step further. I'll be more real with you. I didn't wanna host this weekend. I've been watching the events and our communities unfold just like you and it rips me apart. The bottom line is that I'm a white male. I'll never know what it's like to live in my own son's skin. But here I am parenting a black son. And we have to talk about this stuff. And by we, I mean my family has to talk about it, but we, the church, also have to talk about it and keep talking about it. Our family talks about it way more than my son wants to, but it's because we have to. We're processing a lot. In one moment we're angry, and another moment we're sad, and then we're confused, and then it keeps going, and it all starts over again. I've also got my own deeply personal emotion that I can't keep separate from it all, and I shouldn't. I want my son to grow up in a world that is better. And I'm optimistic enough to believe that it can happen, but not if we don't start listening to one another. Truly, legitimately listening, no agendas, no talking points, no counterarguments, no cliches. Let's just listen. Let's have conversations that aren't contests, Why does every conversation need a winner? It doesn't. Let's just have dialogue so that we can understand and appreciate perspectives and have some maturity about it. Galatians 6.2 says, carry one another's burdens. Well, part of that is learning what those burdens are. As a white person, do I know the burden that blacks and other people of color carry? Fear, suspicion, anger, they carry those burdens. Do you know the burdens that police officers carry? Stress, fear, being in life-threatening situations, they carry burdens as well. We need to be a church of burden carriers more than agenda pushers. When we do that, we'll probably start to hear about different pain than we personally have ever felt. We'll probably feel emotion from someone else's experience that hasn't been our own. I'd like to think that we'd become better people, capable of figuring out ways to say racism is despicable and disgusting and intolerable and God hates it, while also saying law enforcement professionals are our heroes. I think it's possible, but change will only happen when we're less concerned about pushing an agenda and more concerned with carrying a burden for someone else. You might not know this, but my wife and I lived in Minneapolis for 11 years just prior to joining the Parkview community, and our son joined our family for four of those years. We love the Twin Cities, and our hearts break for the community that we love, the one that we used to be a part of and and that we still feel deeply connected to. And I guess I also want to say, George Floyd, my family will never forget your name. We will remember you. We will choose to be part of the solution, even though we haven't figured out what it means for the long term. Right now, it means we'll talk to our son about you. We've been praying for your family. And one night, my son said, I wish there was something we could do for his family. Somehow we'd love to figure out what that might be. But in the meantime, we will honor your memory by choosing to believe in the possibility that good can come from all of this, with God's help, of course. We will pray that your death is not in vain and we will learn to love better. So let's try not to be discouraged today. Let's remember that God is a God of hope. The book of Romans tells us that hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Pastor Tim begins a new series of messages today called Prayers God Always Says Yes To, and I think you're gonna love what he has to say today. But first, let's unite across the thousands of locations where we're experiencing Parkview at home and sing some amazing words together. We appreciate you tuning in, everyone. Enjoy the service today.
1: Don't Yeah. One name, and over all, Jesus reigns.
2: It's such a quagmire. I never thought I would find myself in a position where a pandemic seemed easier to deal with, um, but it's the truth. You can't have a voice in this situation right now without offending someone, someone good, I might add, and I apologize if I've done that to you, but Dr. Martin Luther King said, in the end, it will not, we will not remember the words of our enemies. We will remember the silence of our friends, and I've decided that um, I'm gonna react like, and this may comes as a surprise, like I think Jesus would have reacted. When Jesus was asked the stupid question about um, who is my neighbor, basically the neighbor was the guy who was beaten up right? He was the guy who was beaten up by the side of the road. And and, and the, the guy who rescued him was a Samaritan. And you need to understand that would have been the same situation we're talking about. And Jesus sat by the well with an outcast Samaritan woman. We were all made in the image of God. But right now, it's the Samaritans who don't feel like we believe that they matter. So we need to support them. Right now, it's a cultural moment in our time where the black and brown people, think that we view them differently um, and are being disproportionately affected. My wife said it well on her Facebook. It, you know, If one of my kids is hurting, that's the one that's gonna get my attention. And God loved the world so much that he sent his son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, that's why I came. And while I'm here, I'm gonna support and I'm gonna unite myself with the marginalized people in the world. And so am I. And so is this church. So I figured uh, we were all at a point where we were interested in prayer these days. Um, the, the truth is everybody is Google searches, whatever. People are interested more now than ever. And while God does not promise to answer every prayer with a yes, um, there are some that he does. I mean, I've seen God answer prayers with a yes, and many times I'm grateful for that. I've also had God answer prayers with a not now, and I've also had God answer prayers with a no, and I've looked back and been able to see, you know what, that, that really makes sense. Um, I've also asked God for things that he said no to, and I still don't get it, okay? If you are a person of color right now, and you are frustrated with God right now, I get it. God can't force people to not be racist, okay? That's just gonna be on all of us, but I get your frustration. If you are in law enforcement right now and you're frustrated, I get it. If you are a parent and you're, you're at the end of your rope because of shelter at home, I get it. It's okay to be mad at God. If you have lost your business or your income because of this pandemic, I get it. Yes, yes you're going to move forward. Yes, you know that. I would just encourage you to go ahead and pray because I do know that God will help you. And I know that he understands you and it's okay if you're angry. He still loves you and understands you. Listen, I've lived through many of these kinds of situations and I've hated every one of them. And I've questioned God through every one of them, but I always saw his hand in the situation. And I promise you will too. But there are some prayers that God always says yes to, okay? Let, let me give you some examples. That's what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. One day, Jesus is praying, and his disciples come up to him, and, they, hey, and they're like, hey, Jesus, this prayer things is working out pretty good for you, you know? Why don't you teach us how to pray? And I'm going to be talking about the Lord's prayer that he gave us on Father's Day in a couple of weeks. A- and then he offers some further insight as he goes on, and he says, look, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So here is the number one prayer that God always says yes to. It's the Holy Spirit. God always says yes to the prayer for the Holy Spirit. Oh, PT, that's scary to me. I know, it's kind of weird. Most of you grew up in a Catholic church where they often use the verbiage of, you know, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, you know, as a ghost then, and, you know, and, and growing up, all you could think of was Scooby-Doo or Casper, you know, it just never made sense to you. Who are you gonna call? I mean, it, it was just weird, right? But hang on a second, and let me explain this, okay? We've been talking about life on mission. We've been talking about the early church and, and what they did, and let me just let me just back you up and, and, and remember this time right here. Jesus said in between Easter and Pentecost, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. This was a waiting time for them for the gift that my father has promised. So wait on the power. This is the time between Easter and Pentecost. I want you to wait. And what happened is they waited. There were 120 people in an upper room, and there were no millionaires, no powerful politicians, no intellectuals, no famous baseball stars. They looked like a weak, ineffective huddle of silly people who believed in a lie. But then what happened? You will receive power, he promised them, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and then you will be, there's our verse, you will be my witnesses in the close by Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uh, not too far away, and to the ends of the earth. And what happened? They waited, the day of Pentecost came, which was last Sunday on our calendars, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. Really scary. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Notice how the Holy Spirit gave them miraculous power that they could speak in languages that they had never studied, that they could communicate the gospel. They could be witnesses in a supernatural way. You see that? The Holy Spirit gave these believers a supernatural power that verified their testimony. And it was a spectacular thing that happened. And it's time for this to happen again. They get the gifts of the Spirit. Peter gets up and preaches his first sermon, tells everybody, hey, you guys killed Jesus. They're like, oh, man, we're sorry. What should we do? He says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we're gonna get that stuff? Yeah, you're gonna get that stuff. And this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off in 2020 watching Parkview Christian Church and all whom the Lord our God will call. Doesn't it intrigue you a little bit? God made this promise that the same Holy Spirit is available to even us. And what happened on that day? The church went from 120 to 3,000 instantly because when the Holy Spirit infiltrates the witness of the church today, people get bolder and they leave the church and they go out and they talk about it with their friends and their colleagues. It's like this. My daughter and son-in-law bought their first house in Nashville, and it was a piece of junk. I mean, they, and my, my son-in-law works for Dave Ramsey, and you know, so they can't have a whole bunch of debt, so they bought this crummy old house with a disastrous yard, and they were also very environmentally conscious, right, as well as cheap, so they didn't buy a real lawnmower. They got a push mower, and I don't mean like you know, not a tractor, but a push mower. I mean, like you push the mode. There's no engine. Grandpa was the engine. And I did that one time. And I said, listen, you guys, I really want to take care of the environment. But if God didn't want me to use a gasoline mower, he wouldn't have let the dinosaurs die. Can I get an amen? I feel that way about my mission, okay? Doing it in my power is is like a push mower, and doing it with God's power is like having power from another source. And okay, we'll go with electric now, okay? Battery powered, whatever you wanna do. But, but, But we need some extra power source. So how does this work during a pandemic, Tim? It's just the same. Actually, it's way more the same than you would imagine. I mean, we're working on a regathering plan to be back in our buildings, but you know what? We are in the next phase in Illinois, and probably you are wherever you are because we're at the farthest back in Illinois, and we can now gather people in our homes with 10 people or less, okay? So we've been doing part for you at home where you've been gathering with your families. Now we want to take the next step and do at home together. We want you to invite your small group if you want to. Invite your friends, your neighbors. We're not talking about like you having to do anything except for turn on the TV, that's it. You can do it any time of the week. It doesn't have to be on you know one of our service times. You can do it online. Basically, we're saying have a watch party and, and have your own home campus. And if you're far away from here in Australia or California or Florida, then get some friends together and guess what, you just got a Parkview campus. It's beautiful. Follow the guidelines do whatever you can to make it happen safely um the governor said if they're under two feet they don't count as a full person so you might even be able to get 11 people in hey man i don't i don't care how you do it but it's time for us to move to the next phase which is exactly how they did it in the new testament we're going to take some time now and worship and then i'll come back and unpack two truths about the holy spirit So today, we're going to unpack two truths of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of stuff the Holy Spirit does, but I just want to lead you to two things that we can ask of the Holy Spirit. The great church planter and scholar, leader, the Apostle Paul, once described his purpose um, to the church in Rome by saying this. He said, God gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Are, are, are you ready for this? Churchy time, okay? Sanctifies. I know that's a, that's a word we don't use a whole lot very, anymore. But the mission of Paul was that people through the Holy Spirit get sanctified. Sanctification is just the process of making you whole and making you holy, okay? Let, let, let me explain it this way. Francis Chan wrote a great book on the Holy Spirit called The Forgotten God. He said, the epistles tell us of the Holy Spirit's amazing power at work in us, our spirit-enabled ability to put our sin to death through him, and these supernatural gifts that he gives us. And if we read and believe these accounts, we would expect a great deal of the Holy Spirit. He would not be the mostly forgotten member of the Godhead, whom we occasionally give a nod of recognition to, which is what he has become in most American churches. We would expect our new life with the Holy Spirit to look radically different from our old life without him. Let me be clear. It's not about your salvation. Your soul is made holy by the blood of Jesus, okay? It's not about being good enough to get to heaven. Please understand that. It's about living like God designed you to live. The Spirit will make you aware of the places where in your life that you need healing and redemption and attention. Do you have anywhere in your life where you say, oh, you know, oops, I did it again. Do you have any place in your life where you're like, man, why do I keep doing that? Or why can't I stop doing that? The Holy Spirit will help you to get to the thing beneath the thing. That's the real story. The real story is the healing that needs to happen underneath. My friend Steve Carter gave this great illustration of the whole deal uh, of living in Chicago. He he lived in Chicago. He said, you know, it gets to springtime, and you know it's springtime because the orange construction cones come out, right? This is exactly where we live. And and why is it that is such a problem in Chicago? Well, it's potholes, okay? From January 1 to the end of March last year, the city of Chicago alone filled 175,000 potholes, They even have a pothole tracker screen. Do you understand that? That is so cool. On their website, you can see where all the holes need to be filled in, and you can call 311 and get them to fill in a hole, right? But there are some potholes that when the crew inspects them, they weren't created by some inclement weather and too much salt. There's something beneath the surface, like a leaky sewage line, for example. And if that's not dealt with, a pothole can become a sinkhole. A few years back, look at this one, okay? You don't want to drive through that bad boy. I don't care if you do have a truck. If unchecked, your potholes become sinkholes. The Holy Spirit wants you to be whole and holy, set apart to thrive and to flourish. To do this, we must be willing to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to get to the thing beneath the thing. So God, please send your spirit to sanctify us. And just one more. There's plenty I could do, but but Jesus told us again... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And and I want you to grab a hold of that. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us and empowers us. I think this is the most important thing. The scriptures detail this with countless stories of people who were given spiritual gifts and, and given the power. They were supercharged with the gas engine to be able to have the ability to do things outside of their natural ability. Okay, let me demonstrate with a little video I made a few years ago. Hey, I'm here at the Route 66 Raceway driving a 68 Camaro. I got an illustration, okay? Uh, 68 Camaro belongs to Braden Looper, who is also one of our members 12 years in the big leagues. Those of you who are Cub fans will remember him as the closer in the unfortunate 2003 season. He was the closer for the other guys, the Marlins. When he won the World Series in 06, he decided to treat himself because they get a little extra bonus for winning the World Series. Point for me is it's also got nitrous. kind of little dukes of hazard, you know, in case he ever needs to run moonshine, he's, he's ready to go, right? And Jesus said, you are gonna be my witnesses in Jerusalem. We know this, we've been talking about this for weeks. But then he said, wait for the power. Don't go in your own power, go in my power. And so the nitrous is like, it's like going with the power. So here we go. Yeah, that's not bad, but the power of God is like this. I just want to keep going, man. (laughs) So in the New Testament, Paul reminds his young protege named Timothy. He says this. He says, the spirit of God does not make us timid, but it gives us power and love and self-discipline. That word for power there is dunamis dynamite it's the same word and later paul will tell timothy be strong be strong bro i don't want you to be timid be strong and courageous be strong and courageous and that was a kind of a battle cry for the hebrew people back in the day that would be their all always their battle cry be strong and courageous in hebrew that is the word rakshazak. that's so fun isn't it Rakshazak, part for you be strong and courageous you've got the power inside to sanctify you, you You've got the power to have the strength to go and do the things that God wants you to do. Back to Chan, and I'll show you this one. Francis Chan, I don't want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. I want people to look at my life and know I couldn't be doing this on my own power. I want to live in such a way that I am desperate for him to come through, that if he doesn't come through, I'm screwed. That's what I'm talking about, living a life in the Spirit, Pray for the Holy Spirit, the answer's yes. On March 28th, 1990, all the 90s with the Bulls, huh? Um, game against the Cavs, uh, Michael Jordan scored his career high 69 points. In the same game, Stacy King from the University of Oklahoma, thank you very much, was on the court for 17 minutes. He missed four shots from the field and made one of two free throws for a grand total of one point. A few days later, A newspaper interview, a reporter said, okay, it's your first year in the NBA. Tell us your greatest memory so far as a player in the NBA. And he didn't even have to think about it. He said, oh, I'll never forget that night. Michael Jordan and I combined to score 70 points in a single game. That's what I'm talking about. It's not about my power. It's about his power. Let me go back. Okay, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit has enabled them. I've been thinking about that during this racism issue thing we got going on right now. The apostles were preaching and understanding a language that they didn't understand. Do you ever feel there are people you just can't communicate with? What if, you just don't speak the same language, you know? You can't communicate the good news to? What if we all had the Holy Spirit? The giving of the Spirit on Pentecost it was the speaking of multiple languages in a way that united people in the gospel together. Pentecost is a way of saying the church is going to be a group of people who give order to the noise of everything else. One body, one member caring for each other is important in the health of the body. One of the reasons I went and marched in Bronzeville on Tuesday night, I wanted to do more of what I encouraged you to do and spend time with people who have a different skin color than you, and I want you to learn to be able to speak a language you don't understand, and the Holy Spirit will enable you to do that. People of color, I want to encourage you to be honest and open with us as we talk. And I also want to encourage you to go talk to some law enforcement officers and speak a language you don't understand as well. Can we do that through the power of the Spirit? Yes, we can. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis, we could blow this thing up in a good way. Okay. Let me close this out in a benediction from the book of Ephesians like this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power, the dunamis, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God.